And a good day to you, fair listener. Why am I talking in this voice? It is For the Record Podcast, episode number 102. Uh, This is going up on August 1st, 2017. Um, We're more than halfway through the year. I can't believe how fast it's gone. I, I seriously can't. Um, so many cool things coming up. Um, this episode was originally going to go live last week. Um, I'll explain why it went up today as opposed to, uh, a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. Um, I, I try to keep it on a consistent schedule, but I wanted this one to go up on August 1st for a reason. Um, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, this episode was brought to you by our lovely, uh, sponsors and affiliates at audible.com. Um, your premier source for all your audiobook needs, over 180,000 titles with nearly every genre you can imagine. Um, I can't speak, um, excuse me, I can't speak more highly enough of this program. It's uh, really wonderful and it's very entertaining, um, a great way to pass the time, whether you're someone who's an avid reader, is looking for, um, something new to explore, um, I would definitely, um, I would highly recommend, uh, audible.com. So to sign up for a free trial for 30 days and get a free audiobook download, visit audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. Once again, audibletrial.com slash shameless promo. All right. Uh, this episode went up today on August 1st because this is the publication date of the book that our guest, uh, just released. Um, it is out now. Uh, my guest today was uh, Janina Scarlett, and who is so damn delightful and wonderful to talk to. Um, we talked about the book that she um, had put out, which is called Superhero Therapy, and it's a very—it's it, such a unique uh, take on how to work through problems like depression and PTSD and anxiety, um, where basically. Um, you follow along in this book with different characters that are all superheroes and they all have their own individual problems and fears and stresses and things and uh you're supposed to do the book uh, basically week by week um and each week you kind of tackle a different problem in a different way to work out um these different situations and these different feelings and these it's just it's very unique because I've never personally seen any kind of book that takes on um, tackling problems like this with something that I'm so familiar with, which is comic books and stuff like Star Wars and bringing up uh, superheroes and fantasy and all these things. It was just such a new twist on this, and it's 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 something that I was able to walk away from it reading it um, as someone who is very open about anxiety and depression, as we talked about in the last episode of the show. Um, and it was, it was so unique and such a wonderful uh, tool. And I really hope that everyone here can um, find something to you, find something about it that can really help them through whatever they're going through. I can't recommend it enough. Um, the book was published by New Harbinger. Um, as I said before, it is available today, August 1st. Um, you can go and pick up your copy of the book by going to www.superhero-therapy.com. www.superhero-therapy.com. All right, this is episode 102 of For the Record Podcast with Janina Scarlett. Enjoy.
that's awesome. Um, yeah, Cassie just uh, told me. Uh, I heard her I, as I was sitting under this. She's like, I love them so much, and I was like, what? She said uh, they had their bachelor and bachelorette party at Universal, and I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did the whole Harry Potter thing at Universal, and then. We're getting married in two days, and it'll be a Harry Potter Star Wars themed wedding. God, that's amazing! Um, oh, that, that's <laughs> so cool. Um, was it was it super packed at Universal? Uh, was it super packed? Was yeah, like was it super crowded or yeah. anything like that? It was, it was, but it was okay. That's it not bad. So that good. That's yeah. good. That's, I mean, it's always, I mean, it's just, the cool thing about Universal and being able to go to that park is that, uh, particularly with the Harry Potter stuff, is that even if it, even if all the rides are like an hour and a half, two hour wait, it's really cool to just, it, it, you just walk around and you see everything. That's, it's like, it's, exactly. there's nothing like it. I mean, it's, it's similar to, it's similar to Disneyland in that sense, but even then, this one, it kind of... I, it almost kind of supersedes it a little bit just because of like the right. looking at the castle. Right, right, exactly. And the new light show is amazing. They just added that a few days ago. Oh yeah, that's right. They added that light show. I've I've been seeing previews for it everywhere. On um, they show it like every five seconds on um Hulu in between shows. They'll all there. It's like <laughs> it's always there, but it's always so cool. Um, that's awesome. Um, well I. Um, I read your book, um, and I loved it. I thought it was, as someone who has, um, definitely struggled over the years with depression and with, uh, different things like that, it's always been, it it was really cool to see something that, and it's not to say that other methods and other books haven't worked or helped or anything like that, because they have, but it's, it was cool to see something that was in, that was written around the wheelhouse of, a subject that I'm very familiar with, which is like comic books and superheroes. And I thought it was really awesome that uh, someone like yourself was able to write a book like that and to help it with many other people who are going to be able to find help from something like that. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that it was helpful. I'm sorry to hear about your struggles, but I'm so glad that You've been able to find numerous resources to help you. Of course, yeah. It's. I mean, it's been. It's. I. Well, I think one of the interesting things about that book that, um, I always, I always found um, really important was the, um, the ability to be honest um, and confront problems rather than kind of avoid them because I did that for a very long. I did that for a very long period of time and it was it ended up being way more helpful to um I guess ad- admit that I had admit the problems and the fears that I had and things like that and then um it just it, it almost it, it was still challenging but it almost became easier to take on those problems um and those and those feelings that I had, so I thought I thought it was very cool that that was one of like the first chapters and the first things that um, was being taught to people. I think that's really important and something that isn't really, I guess, isn't really talked about as much. Thank you. Yeah, and I think we're not taught that either. I think from a very young age, we're taught to avoid emotions, especially uncomfortable ones, and especially um, as men 
um, I think a lot of men, such as yourself, have a disadvantage in the way that as little boys, um, a lot of times they receive a message that emotions are not okay, that emotions are a sign of weakness, and that the only emotion that's okay to feel is anger. And forgive me for stereotyping, but a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of men were brought up that way as children, and I think that it makes it really really difficult for men and women to then acknowledge their emotions. Um, so while boys are taught that emotions are a sign of weakness, women are taught that you need to put your emotions aside and take care of everybody else's emotions. Yeah. And so while, while women are taught that emotions are okay, they're only supposed to be okay in others. But if you're a woman, the emotions are not supposed to be okay in you, otherwise that makes you quote-unquote dramatic or quote-unquote crazy. So I think because of these really negative messages, we're taught to suppress our emotions, put them away in the box, not feel them, and try to do everything possible to avoid anything that makes us uncomfortable. And all the research, all the science that we have now suggests that quite the opposite is true, that the more we suppress our emotions, the more unhealthy we might be, but the more we embrace them and feel them, the healthier we are physically and emotionally. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and I, I think it was also, I think what was really cool about this book was the way that um, there were, I mean, just that there were different characters. And it was, it was almost like, I could almost see comic book issues and different, like, I could almost see a series for all these different characters. <laughs> um, because, well, it's, 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 you look at my, uh, Cassie and I just finished watching The Flash and, there's yep. so much um like there's so much emotional trauma that he goes that uh Barry Allen goes through and I could almost yep. I could relate that and I could almost see um how there could be different issues or different ideas for these characters and everything that they've gone through like it's not like a it's not a totally far-fetched thing it's something that is and and when you look back at it all these superheroes when you whether it's dc marvel dark horse whatever it is you can see that there's a there's a common thread they all go through something that traumatized them and sort of kick-started all of their not not their powers obviously but they're like their emotional their emotional struggles in that sense like if you look at the flash and how um barry lost his mother when when he was a little kid um Mm -hmm. and batman lost his both of his parents and with batman definitely being one of the darker (laughs) series of of any comic i've ever read but um i just i thought it was cool how did i guess how did the idea when you were writing this book come to develop uh characters and have it have it almost like a comic book world in that sense Um, That was actually an idea that my editor had at Little Brown. Um, We were talking about, um, I initially thought about bringing in um, familiar characters such as Batman and Harry Potter, and um, his suggestion was to actually make them original in case some people aren't familiar with these characters and to to give them... um, equal relatability regardless of the reader's experience um, and also to make it a comic book and so um, it, that part was his idea and um, he's just such an amazing editor that he and I have been working really really well together in putting out these books and working on these projects and 
um, that was that was completely his. Nice. Um, I mean, have you ever thought of? Uh, I guess when this was going around and you were thinking of like how is this going to book how is this book going to come together did you think of it originally as like a graphic novel or a comic book or was it just going to be um was it always from the start just going to be just a written uh like I don't know what the word is for it, but just like just a written book self-help like book? yeah, yeah. Um, I I knew I wanted it to be a self-help book I specifically wanted it to be a self-help book I was open to the format. Um, I thought about the graphic novel um, idea. Um, when I was pitching it, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't have an artist. I, I was just open to anything. I just wanted the concept out. I, I knew that this is something that would be helpful for people, and um, I knew that if I couldn't find a way to publish it traditionally, I was going to self-publish. This was a project that I was very, very passionate about and still am. And um, I was going to publish it one way or another. So initially, I was basically open for anything um, because I wanted to get the idea out there for something that could be helpful. And um, the comic book was something I was keeping as a preference as number one, but I was open to other options. And when Little Brown picked it up and they said, no, no, we should make it a comic book, I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled. And we were very fortunate to have Wellington out uh, a Marvel illustrator work with us. Um, I, I, he actually um, ended up doing this for a fraction of his usual fees because he believes in the project and he's such a strong supporter of mental health and was extremely, extremely helpful with this project. That's so awesome. That That's so cool. I didn't know that it was a Marvel illustrator that had come in. Yeah. And, oh, that's so yep. cool. That's like well, that is literally the world's like coming together <laughs> to work on yeah. to work on something. Um, how did yeah. you how did you uh, come into con- like how did you meet this illustrator? Um, it was through a friend actually. The original artist that we hired um, fell through, and I was looking for another artist. And uh, a friend of mine uh, knew Wellington and said that um, he he's someone who's very passionate about mental health and would be a really good match for this and um and asked him and Wellington agreed and we we worked together I um I agreed to do this at no advance so that Wellington could have um you know could be paid for all his really hard work and um and we just worked so well together um we were emailing back and forth several times a day uh, discussing um, every single picture about how things should look and how characters should look and, and whether it's the right shape or the right color. And so it was really a, a, a wonderful collaboration that we had, and he was so receptive and so supportive, and he, he told me he wanted to get it exactly right, and he did. He was on point all the way. That's fantastic. Um, so I, there, I remember a certain part in the book that talked about... Um, uh, one of the villains, which was, um, I believe it was the uh, shame villain, about um, uh-huh. just those feelings of, um, no, don't don't say anything, don't do this, you're not gonna, um, it's not gonna do anything, and just just kind of those feelings of shame and self doubt, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess in that sense, because you had talked a little bit in the book where it actually said, I 
how you'd kind of fallen victim to um, moments like that where you kind of stepped away from the book and from things for a few months before you decided to get back up and you decided to pursue it again. Um, How long did, how long was this book in the process? Like how long was this an idea that um, was that, when you'd stepped away, was there a different idea you'd had for your writing or was this like, was this just an idea that you'd had from the very beginning, if that makes sense? Yeah, this was the idea I had from the very beginning. Um, the book at this point, it's been four years that I've been working on this and to see it come to fruition four years later is, it brings tears to my eyes every single time. Um, it, it was a, a long, journey and and a very very wonderful one it was very difficult at first because i didn't know what i was doing i didn't i I felt scared i felt alone um thankfully there were a lot of people that believed in the project and agreed to help me like um a famous psychologist and author kelly mcgonigal uh was supporting me every step of the way in terms of encouraging me and advising me on how to apply to publishing companies and look for agents um, and, um, and, and Jane McGonigal, who just believed in my project from day one. Um, so I was very fortunate to receive a lot of support from established authors who mentored me in this process. Um, I was really discouraged by some of the rejection letters I received. I think I expected that I would be rejected from a lot of places, but there were a couple that really set me back, and yeah. my shame monster showed up at, after one of them, and uh, basically my shame monster told me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not um, established enough, that I'm an amateur, which is my, you know, my biggest shame belief, and that I need to not publish this book. So I did, I did give up for several months, and then I said, no, I'm getting back in there. This project is too important. I kept receiving emails about my blog posts that people found helpful at uh, on the verge of of the biggest struggle of their lives. They reported that something I wrote about Harry Potter or Wolverine or um, or Star Wars was helpful to them. And in seeing that, I couldn't give up. I just, I couldn't. Um, so um, after a few months of, of giving it to my shame monster, I stood back up and I said, I'm, I'm going to continue this. And then it ended up working out. And <laughs> I'm so grateful for this journey. I'm, I'm very grateful that, that you definitely push through and that you didn't and I think it's important for people to hear that like even people who an artist whether they're writers or musicians I guess I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from being within an industry that is constantly filled with rejection is that even the people who you think like always have it 100% together like they're oh my god they're so successful they're doing that thing they're they're where I want to be that they also encountered heaps of rejection and had that same shame monster and anxiety monster just always within them it's like people are they're not as far off as you'd think um from the same feelings and i think it's i think it's always very inspiring to hear an author such as yourself um i guess talk about those moments because it makes you feel like because when you can look up at an author and you can be like oh they have a book they have it totally together they're they've they're published it didn't take them and then you talk to them or you read their story you're like oh okay they're they were in the same spot that i was in it it isn't so far off um 
yeah, I, I just think I just think that's really incredible, and I, I applaud you for being so, I guess, just open and honest about it. I think it's important for people Thank to you. see that. Yeah. Of course, of course, and and I think that's such an important lesson. It was an important lesson for me to learn that rejection happens to everybody, and that it's very important to just keep going. Um, in having met my one of my biggest heroes, Neil Gaiman, who's an established, oh, awesome. incredible author, um, I you know I asked him the question that everyone asks him, which is, what advice would you give to somebody who's trying to write, who's scared, who's facing rejection? And his advice was so simple, but so encouraging. It was just like, you know, he said that if you have something to say, chances are you're the only one that can say it that way, and that your message counts. Your message is important, and somewhere out there, there's somebody who's waiting exactly for what you're trying to say. So just write. Exactly, and I think I think what's really cool about um, the entertainment culture now is that it's not, at least within the past, I'd say maybe within the past um, like five years, it's not so much about. Um, making something that's going to appeal to a mass audience. It's what's really cool is that someone can come in, no matter what it is, no matter how big or how small, and they can say, "This is my thing," and they mm -hmm. can. But whether it's a book, a movie, uh, a piece of music, uh, an album, what, whatever it may be, and there's an audience for it out there. It's now. It's not so much exactly. about appealing to the masses. It's about appealing to a core group and people that are really going to latch onto it and they're going to really mm -hmm. take it for everything that it is rather than just be like, Oh, there's that new album. Cool. I know that name. They're, they're not buying a book because they haven't read a book all year and it's, they just need to have one thing on their shelf. They're buying it because they're going to use it and they're going to utilize it for everything that it is. And they're going to love it. And that's, I think is right. really cool about this, about the way that culture has shifted um, and I just, I think, I think that's awesome. And I think what you just said about Neil Gaiman is a, a perfect example. It's just, there's someone out there that wants to listen. You just have to write. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, what, uh, what was your, what's your favorite Neil Gaiman, um, uh, graphic novels or, or pieces of writing? Um, I'm, I'm very curious. <laughs> my, my favorite, I think the one that will always have the soft place in my heart is the graveyard book. Okay. Um, I love that book so much. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, I haven't read it yet. Um, I, I have a big list of books, and he's he's always been on it. Um, I heard him do yeah. a, I heard him do a Nerdist podcast um, uh -huh. a couple years ago, and he was great. He was really fascinating to listen to. He's amazing, and um, the Graveyard book is actually uh, more of a children's book. Um, it's it's almost like a retelling of the Jungle Book, uh, but not really. It's his version. Um, so instead of Mowgli living among the animals, uh, it's a little boy who's called Nobody <laughs> or Bod, uh, who's raised by the dead. Um, so he, uh, he, uh, his parents were murdered and he crawls away from the murderer and the, the boy then crawls to the cemetery and is raised by the spirits of the dead. Only some of them have been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years so their views on parenting are a little bit outdated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's comical and it's dark and it's fascinating it's just really really interesting to read uh, it's also really smart the way it's written um, I could not recommend it more it's a really good book 
Fantastic. I'll have to check it out. Um, I, I've always wanted to explore more of his work. Um, I, he's there. I, like I said, I have a list of authors and books and he's always, he's always been there because he's, yeah. he, he kind of comes up everywhere and just in little places, which has always been awesome. Um, yep. was there, uh, let me ask you this. So when you were writing this and you were creating these characters and you were, I guess, coming up with a concept for this story, were there particular comic books or particular novels or places that you were maybe drawing inspiration from for the characters like are there like were there certain aspects of characters that you'd see whether it was in yourself whether it was in uh certain already established comic book characters that you were able to kind of draw from i guess where did the inspiration for some of these come from yes um so some of these characters were inspired by um uh, other pop culture examples, like for example, Droven, um, who's the warrior in the book. Um, his character was actually inspired by Darth Vader. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, um, you know, just someone who has done some things he's not proud of, and it's affecting his life. And at the same time, there's there's a redemption story there. Yeah. Um, and. Um, a shadow uh, was inspired by Buffy. Um, oh, cool! You know, yeah. So all of these characters were in fact inspired by pop culture icons, um, and at the same time were inspired by what I've seen in my career as a psychologist, in what I've seen in many of my patients' presentations. So some of these are also a collage of what I've seen with my clients. So it's kind of um, a mix of pop culture examples blending with real people's stories over, you know, over many years of collecting, um, of collecting people's stories this way. Oh, that's incredible. Um, well, yeah, I, I see. I wouldn't have. I don't know if I would have picked up on the Darth Vader thing just because I think. And the only reason I say that is just because when you see the story, Darth Vader isn't so much of a. You wish it would go in the redemption. Um, yep. cycle in in the movie, but it I mean it it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, we can get into Star Wars discussion. Go for it. I believe I believe that when Vader talks to Palpatine about allowing him to bring in Luke, I believe he's trying to protect him. I believe that the second Vader realizes that his son is there, that his son is alive, and um, that. Palpatine will either kill him or try to recruit him, that Vader sees that his only option to save his son is to bring him in. And to me, this is Vader trying to protect his family. You know, you're and right. I think, that in, yeah. I think that in some ways he knew from the beginning that he would have to kill Palpatine in order to protect Luke. Um, but I think he was hoping he wouldn't come to it. But I think one way or another, he was trying to protect Luke from the beginning. I don't think he ever had any intention of hurting him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I think looking back on it, you're probably right. I, uh, it means I should probably go back and watch at least at least Jedi, but I, any excuse to rewatch Star Wars, I'm always open to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I think you're very right when I um, when I think about that. I, I also wanted to say that when there was that panel at Silicon Valley Comic Con that you were on the, um, the science of Star Wars. I thought hearing when they would go to you and they would talk about like, well, what was this character going through? I was 
totally fascinated by all these things that I never realized about the characters and what they were going through, like how when Finn crashes on um, Jakku, I, I, I never yeah. realized, like I never thought, I was just like, oh, he's having a problem. He's going to go and he's going to find something. I didn't actually think about like, wow, he actually, he did just separate from someone. He's alone. He just went from yeah. totally doing this. Like, I, I never thought of that. Like, I guess, is that when you're thinking of like, okay, what's a character going through? When you, wh whether you're writing about it, whether you have to explain it um, at a panel, I guess what's your process of going through that? Is that something that's just kind of straightforward or do you have to sit down and take some notes and really kind of go through and figure out what it is that this character is struggling with or what they're going through? It depends on the character. I think that I've always been so interested in what people are going through from a very early age, like since I was a child, that it's something that I'm always thinking about. So when I'm watching a movie or when I'm reading a book, that's always the question that's in my mind is what does this character want? What are they going through? What, what is this action driven by? Is it what they, um, you know, does it have another meaning? Is it driven by their past experiences or is it neutral? Um, and at the same time, when I'm writing something, it will take a, a lot of reflection as well into pulling together everything I know about this character. Um, so when I was watching, um, when I was watching episode eight, I'm sorry, episode seven, um, that's what was going through my mind is um, what is this character going through and seeing him freeze up. Um, I, in working with the male theory, I knew that most likely what he was experiencing in that moment was moral injury and seeing that his people that he thought were good people, he thought stormtroopers were on the side of justice, were now committing heinous murders and slaughter. And I think that was, he was experiencing... Um, this conflict between the, the culture that he was raised in, the family he knew, and what he understood to be right and wrong, and not wanting to do the wrong thing. Definitely, I, I it's I mean that that scene alone and that that moment of that moment of realization in episode seven where, um, I think it was the it was the moment where he is kind of imprinted in in a way. I think that it's I think that's the best way that I could say it is when the stormtrooper in front of him dies and then places a hand on him and he has the handprint on his mask. I feel mm -hmm. like that moment is very powerful because it shows like there's a change. Something has happened in him that he's like he's seen something that is really it it started to change his mind and it started to you can kind of almost see the shift in his brain go that maybe something is not entirely right. Um and I always, yeah. I always thought that was really, but I was never able to put into words like what it was. Um, so I thought it was particularly fascinating when you were able to explain it, and I was like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you of course. Um, well, we're almost at, um, we're almost at about the the half hour, thirty five minute mark. Um, we're okay. we're getting close to it, but um, well, first off, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. I I really loved thank the book, you. and I loved. The concept of it and the way that it was put together, and I'm I'm very I'm very grateful that there's a book like this that's going to be out in the world um, very oh, soon. Thank you, Jerry. Of course. Um, I guess uh, the last thing that, and this this might be a really broad question to sum all this up, but um, I guess what do you hope that 
readers take away from a book like this? I mean, there could be numerous answers to this, and it's it's kind of a big question. But um, I guess from from your standpoint, as someone who's written it and had the project for so long, what do you hope um, people take away from it? Thank you. Thank you so much for asking that. Number one, I hope that people realize that they're not alone, that the struggles that they're going through are very common. There are a lot of people experience them, and that things eventually do get better. And the other thing that I would want people to walk away with is that our experiences are our origin stories. And that from these experiences, we can actually design our own superhero path. And from that, we can, we can figure out what kind of superhero we want to be, how we want to structure the rest of our lives in order to become our own version of a superhero. So whether it's to start helping others through um, maybe our artwork or through our other abilities, um, figuring out how we might be able to make meaning of what happened to us. Because the truth is, we are not what happens to us. We are our actions. And our actions can always be heroic. That was that was beautifully said. I I I think that was a perfect way to close this out. Um, Janina, thank you so much. It was such it was such a pleasure chatting with you. And um and lastly, where can um where can people uh go and pre order the book and go find it when it um when it hits stores? Thank you, thank you so much for having me, Jared. Um, the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble for pre order. It will be available in all major stores like Barnes and Noble, for example. Uh, Mysterious Galaxy in San Diego and Los Angeles also has some pre-order um, opportunities. Um, so there are multiple ways to pre-order. Um, for listeners that are going to be attending San Diego Comic-Con, Mysterious Galaxy will actually be selling advanced copies of um, Superhero Therapy a few weeks before it comes out, and I will be signing those books on um, Friday, July 21st at 1 o'clock. Oh, awesome. Oh, cool. You're going to San Diego. You're going to, like, the big one. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yep. And I will be signing at San Diego Comic-Con. Awesome. That's so cool. All right. Well, um, I'll make sure to put the, the links to all of this in the description as well so people can go and um, check it out when it goes up. Um, but, um, um Janina, thank you so much. Congratulations on your wedding <laughs> that's coming up this week. Congratulations on the release of the book. Um, it, uh, you got so many wonderful things going on and it's so, it's so nice to see that. And I'm, I'm really, really happy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Thank have fun. You. At Sandy- Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thank and- you. Let me know if you have any interest in any other projects. I have Harry Potter therapy coming out in September. Oh, awesome. Um, and then, um, and then a few other books coming out next year and the year after. So yeah, I'm always happy to chat. Awesome. Thank All you right. so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. It was such a pleasure, and I'll definitely be in touch. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. No worries. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Superhero Therapy is out now. Again, you can pick up your purchase at www.superhero-therapy.com. As always, uh, we ask that you subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or visit www.shamelesspromo.net for our host site, Shameless Promotions and Media. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week.